This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Cody Marincer and his cousin, Josh Waddell, talk about their conversations into Catholicism. What were some of the stumbling blocks? How does this impact the family? Well, let's find out. Cody and Josh are being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, George Tolman. And so in front of me, I have Cody Marincer and Josh Waddell, and we're going to talk about convergence into Catholicism. So Cody is married to seven children, teaches theology to freshmen and sophomores at St. Thomas More Prep Marion here in Hayes, and is pastoral assistant at St. Thomas Parish, where he conducts marriage and baptismal preparation. Cody joined the, tr- the Catholic Church 15 years ago. Josh is married with three children. He works at Champion X as a technical analytical specialist and came into the church this Easter. Welcome home, Josh. Starting off, I think it would be good to hear both of your faith backgrounds and growing up. And would you tell us a little bit about your belief system before joining the Catholic Church? Yeah, if I may hop in here real quick. Um, I forgot to kind of give this about our intro, but uh, Josh and I are first cousins. Uh, So uh, this was... uh, I actually dropped this on, Josh. <laughs> no, you said, uh, you know, sometimes you get the really intelligent people. That's Josh. Um, and then you get kind of the normal folk. That's me. Um, no, I might be an older Catholic than him. But, um, I, you know, I've always he's always the one that like, he thinks deep and gives me these great questions. I'm like, man, I have not thought of that before. And so, I've, you know, that's, that's how you learn is you got to go research those. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Josh and I are cousins. And so it was this. I'm not going to tell too much of his story for him because it's his story. But I, I just have to uh, put in a plug how awesome it is uh, when you have family, you know, come into your family even more. <laughs> you, you know, so that, that is just, I'm, I'm still kind of riding that uh, high of, wow, uh, three members of my family came into uh, the Catholic Church at the exact same time. That, that, you know, that just doesn't happen. And so I, I had to say, you know, how awesome this is, how amazing the Holy Spirit is. And uh, I know that... Uh, He's doing some good work. And so the way that Josh got here was I just texted him one day and I said, hey, trying to think of a topic to come on and talk about. You want to come talk about your uh, conversion? (laughs) So this is just a few weeks ago. So Josh is like, yeah, I'd do that. So I might let Josh uh, start with his background first. Okay, I can do that. I grew up in a little town northeast of here, um, Natoma, Kansas. You know, population, you know, around 500. We had four churches in the town. Um, I, I was raised what you would call a split between Methodist and Presbyterian. So Osborne and Atoma seemed like you had one pastor that lived in one town, one pastor lived in the other. Three weeks out of the month, we would go to the Methodist church. One week out of the month, we would go to the Presbyterian church as the Methodist pastor went to Osborne and the Presbyterian pastor came over to Natoma. Sunday school, uh, vacation Bible school, I would say up through late grade school, early middle school. And then everything just faded away. Lack of interest. I think my mom got tired of pushing me, you know, waking me up every day, meeting the resistance. And then through high school, I did attend um, MYF. But let's, let's not get too carried away there. That was my minimal <laughs> commitment was a Wednesday meeting for a couple hours. And that, that allowed me to participate in the annual snow skiing stri- uh, trip to uh, the, the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Ne- never, never doubted. You know, I always grew up with what I would what, what I would refer to as a 
strong belief in our Creator and our salvation, always comfortable visiting, talking to God, poor practice, did not understand so many things. Even at one point in my life when I was going through what I would call my first really difficult trials and tribulations, I, I actually told God, I said, don't worry about this, I got it. I don't need your help. This is where I am right now. I blamed, I blamed him for it and I said, I got this. And I will tell you the next two years did not get any better. Actually, actually far, far worse. Through beautiful, beautiful chain of events led me to, to my wife, the, the birth of three amazing children. And while I've embraced that, I, I think as I lead, do you want me to lead into why I chose? Tell us a little bit about what you do for your job. Let's go there. What do you got going on there? Oh, I absolutely love what I do. Um, I work for a company called Champion X, as you, as you stated earlier. And while I, I say I absolutely love what I do, it's not the easiest vocation to describe. Um, we are in the energy sector. Out here, I think you would most acquaint us with oil-filled chemical. Um, I'm on the technical team, so my job is high-level problem-solving based on multiple science disciplines, understanding of the, the, production, the production systems. Then I also have the, the luxury of overseeing several accounts, kind of organizing some teams, and then I come in to lead all of our major, major projects for the, the district and to the region. Uh, I've worked in several areas across the United States. Wow, wonderful. As a scientist, Josh, how is your work factored into understanding God's presence overall? Can you give us some insight into that for, especially for those in the listening audience who may, may uh, be very blunt, they, they just may not see this connection between science and God and how we can really delve into the beauty of God even through our study of science. So what do you got there? You are very correct. I, I have noticed in the, in, across the, the myriad of scientific disciplines, there has been a push over the last few decades uh, away from God and more towards agnostic and atheist. Um, I strongly disagree. Um, in simple terms, I would say God is the ultimate biochemist. You know, the, the, the father of everything, the father of science, and his knowledge far exceeds ours. But he has, he has put me in a place in which I am able to, to foster my skills I get to push my boundaries, and I get to see every day through what I would call the simplicity of human scientific understanding, a small glimpse, just a small little glimpse of, of what he can accomplish. You know, I might add something there that, uh, yeah, we do have this running kind of uh, thought. Um, it's actually scientism is uh, the, the thought that we can explain everything through the scientific method. Um, the funny thing is that it's actually self-refuting um, because there's, you, there's, no, there's no scientific method that can prove that that's the only good amount of knowledge. Right? Like, or, um, and, and so it, it's also very sad to me, which is why you know, I, I think it's awesome that what you know, Josh starts talking about his work, and uh, I, I feel about three years old because I'm like, what'd you just say? I don't even understand that lingo. But uh, but it is awesome to be able, like, I don't I don't equate, um, you know, getting up, looking at a sunrise, taking a deep breath, you know, smelling the honeysuckles that are blooming and all the other things and just going, look at this cosmic accident. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think one of the one of the greatest lines I ever heard was an atheist. Uh, how does it go? I know I'm going to mess it up, but but basically it's um, kind of like what a dark place to be in when you're very thankful, but you have no one to thank. You know, when, when you look at a sunrise, a sunset, like especially in western Kansas, I've, I've heard this from so many people that, uh, you know, there, there's so many beautiful things out in the world. But uh, people who have even traveled the world said there is nothing like a western Kansas sunset. Okay, it, which might help that it's so flat out here that we can actually see that and observe it. And, but, so, yeah, just, you know, observing nature around us, observing the world around us and not having uh, the closed in view of just, yeah, well, we got really, 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 you know, say that nine million times in a row, lucky. <laughs> Instead, no, we, we've just got a really good father. So. No, Absolutely. Everybody has a different reason as to why they come into the church. What would you say is the top reason you started the RCIA process? And I'll do both of you since you both have come into the faith, obviously, separate times, but nonetheless, you have. So, Josh, I'll start with you. Simply stated, there was a, was a void that was unable to be filled. Try to be a better husband. Try to be a better father. Try to excel in my, in my profession. And... No dirt was filling up that hole. A few years ago, Cody actually, you know, he'll say that he talked to me about this before, kind of hammered me a little bit. And when I say hammered, you know, did not treat me poorly, but asked some, some questions that I did not want to be asked. You know, simple, simple whys. I did not have an answer. Uh, maybe some, some leftover stubborn propagandish boyhood defensiveness. That's about as best as I could really offer up. So a couple years ago, I started thinking, what, what am I doing? Or better yet, what am I not doing? And I'm very slow to make a change. Um, I don't like to rush into anything that would be of any significance. My wife would tell you I'm very systematic. So I need to think, you know, I need to reflect and I need to, you know, simply pros and con, con it out. And I started thinking, the, the one thing that I am, I am truly missing is a, a deeper and a more fulfilling relationship with God. And what do I need to do and where do I need to go? And that two-year process led me ultimately and only to the Catholic faith. You know, just a little on my background, uh, I, I wasn't raised with like anti-Catholic views or anything like that. I was raised in um, an evangelical church here in Hayes, and I say evangelical because it wasn't uh, wasn't under the banner of you know Methodist or Lutheran or anything like that. Uh, but uh, I, th I think I stopped going to church probably around the age of sixteen, something like that. And yeah, I never I never completely cast God off in the in the manner that I just didn't believe in Him, but I pretty much cast Him off every other way. Um, I was making really bad decisions, going through money like crazy. Uh, so I was living paycheck to paycheck, uh, not because I was having a hard time, you know, making money necessarily, but just because I was making really stupid decisions. Um, and so I don't remember the day exactly, but I do remember distinctly waking up one day and actually having the thought, and I think all of us have to do this, where am I going to be in 10 years? And not just like a fanciful, you know, I wonder, you know, am I going to be a fireman? You know, I, I actually remember sitting there thinking, 
I am living paycheck to paycheck, burning through every paycheck, um, spending it on um, the pleasures of this world. And I wake up every morning, like Josh said, and uh, I think St. Augustine, you know, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. And so, yeah, I didn't recognize it at the time yet, but just complete unfulfillness. And it's so, you know, that's, that's, why, that's why we're on here this morning is because if there's anything that I could squeeze into people, you know, you know, I, I do have that. Um, I have to be careful about that because sometimes I'm like, can I just pound it into your head? Um, but, but if there is anything that I could just get out there to anybody, it simply is, you know, uh, take a look at your life. And if you do have that unfulfilled, you know, why is it that I can have every pleasure um, that I'm able to have with the means that I have and still go, what's missing? So that would be the start of it. I didn't recognize it, but really the catalyst for me was um, a question from uh, my uh, wonderful wife. And it came down to the point of when we were getting ready to have have marriage, (laughs) when we were getting ready to be married, uh, you know, you talk about having kids, you talk about um, all of the difficult things, which is why I love the the Catholic process of uh, getting married. And that's uh, what I help do now is I take couples through marriage preparation. It's so important. I mean, if if you've never talked about um, having children, you know, if you've never talked about sexuality within your marriage, if you've never talked about where's God, are we gonna pray? How do we, you know, all those questions, you're forced, for lack of a better term, to have to do that. And that, that's so important. But, you know, she asked me one day, we were having a discussion, and uh, I just wasn't very nice. And uh, so my answers uh, and my, my accusations weren't, uh, f- you know, I say accusations properly because it wasn't a question of, you know, what do you think? It was more about, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to blow off some steam here. And she just simply asked, you know, if you were to go to a church, because I hadn't gone to a church in years and years, where would you go? I had never, you know how you look back, hindsight's twenty twenty. you look back on your life and you go, it's kind of like when you're, you know, 10, 15, 16 years old, you go, how did I ever think I was getting away with that? <laughs> you look back and realize the stupid things you did. Did I really think that people didn't notice? You know, I think the same thing holds true in this is that uh, I look back and I go, how blind was I really? Did I really think that I had all the answers? And how was it that I never thought of this before? A seemingly simple question. So I had to start going through my mind and probably for the first time ever, um, I apologize to uh, all of my high school teachers out there. I wasn't a jerk that I know about, but I just, I wasn't a good student uh, because I didn't put anything into my homework. And uh, I, this was maybe the first time that I had to actually be intellectual. Which is funny because as we were talking earlier, you know, science and faith, um, how people think, well, you can't be an intellectual person and actually have faith. This is the intellectual side is actually what led me to the Catholic Church. Being able to, you know, look in the look in scriptures and go, does Jesus call us to be united in faith, in heart and mind? And yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. So I look around and I go, we're not. We may all be, everybody who calls themselves Christians, we may all be under the banner of, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior, and that's an awesome thing. All of us should. I mean, you can't call yourself Christian if you don't. But beyond that, are there differences? And you know, and you start looking, you're like, there are some really big differences on some really, really key things, like the Eucharist. 
I mean, that might not seem like a big deal to some people, but when the Catholic Church proclaims something as crazy as, no, our God actually comes down and physically dwells within this piece of bread and within this cup of wine, um, and not just dwells, it's not like it's both substances. It is, once the priest does what he does, it literally is Jesus there. And so when we receive him into our being, we are receiving him as the love of our life. Okay, that blows me away. <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but you're telling me that um, the love of my life is actually going to come and reside in my soul, not, not just spiritually, but actually physically. And you know how when we eat food, we metabolize food? You know, the thing about the Eucharist is the Eucharist actually metabolizes us. It changes us. We don't change the, the food of the Eucharist. Christ changes us from inside out. And so it's questions like that. You know, once, once I started thinking about this, I was like, oh, my goodness. I think that I may have been wrong on some things. <laughs> and so for me, a lot of it was, okay, get the ax out and start chopping down the pride stool. Let, let's start with that. All right, so, yeah, that, that's kind of, I know I, I got a little bit long-winded there. I apologize, but I just, I get really jazzed. I get super excited about, you know, saying that um, my wife is what led me to the church because she simply asked me a question. Which is usually how it, usually how it is, right, you know? So, gentlemen, the you both shared kind of the, the big reasons why you joined at least the RCA process. And what are some difficulties that you had to overcome, whether it be personally or the teachings, before entering the church? It hits everyone uniquely, but for you two individually, what what stuck out to you, either personally or the teachings that were barriers before coming into the church? Cody, I'll reverse it. I'll start with you. Okay. Um, first one I kind of mentioned, actually I mentioned two of them, uh, but uh, pride for me, uh, I'm a very selfish person, and uh, I'm working on it. God, God is chipping away at my soul every day. I mean, he, he's trying. I just have to let the graces flow and accept them. Um, and, and, you know, th that's the thing is we don't always know what everybody deals with. Okay, somebody can look really uh, good on the outside or look really bad on the outside, but we don't know what it's like for people on the inside. That's me is uh, I don't know how I look to other people, but I know what is on the inside of me. And what, what I've had to deal with is definitely very selfishness of uh, this is my opinion and therefore it's right. You know, I no no grounding, no backing. It's just that's what I believe. Go away. <laughs> you know, uh, so that's one of the big things was definitely being humble enough. I, I like to tell. I often tell my students that uh, you know. The Holy Spirit hit me with a uh, holy two-by-four. Uh, the old spiritual two-by-four came out, and he goes, okay, it's about time, um, which was good uh, because I needed that. Sometimes we just need knocked over the head, and we're like, okay, can you, can you just not right now? <laughs> and, and so that was for me. I had to learn to be less prideful, and I'm learning more and more every day, learning how to listen, learning how to uh, go through other people's opinions and uh, see when I'm wrong, see when maybe I'm right. But then also, the reason why I brought up the Eucharist earlier, this is so huge for me. I don't see how you get past the Eucharist, understanding what it is, and not become Catholic. Because for me, I had this thought as I was getting ready to uh, get married. I had this thought of, I'm going to go to a couple different priests. Uh, I'm going to ask them about the Eucharist. And when they give me two different answers, 
it's going to be my I got you moment. Right. Um, Because, uh, like I said, my family didn't raise me with anti-Catholic attitudes or anything. I think anything that I picked up was just kind of societal born into me. And so I really did not know. This is going to sound so stupid and I apologize. I really didn't understand that Catholics were Christians. I really didn't understand that. And I don't know how. That goes back to just being kind of blind. Is uh, How do you not know that? But uh, I, I really didn't understand that Catholics were Christians. So then for me to, to look at this old guy in the Vatican, this pope, I, I thought that Catholics are just a bunch of sheep who blindly just follow some old guy, you know, who wants money and power or something. I didn't really know, but that was kind of just the thought in my head. And so I, I'm going to go talk to two different guys. They're going to give me two different answers. Um, this is going to be pretty easy. Um, and then one of those guys was Father Fred. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> not everybody out there knows Father Fred, and maybe not everybody out there likes Father Fred. Not everybody likes me. Um, but the reason why I like Father Fred is because he's just direct. Um, he doesn't sugarcoat things. And he's like, well, well, here it is. This is what... Okay, so he didn't, you know, try to come with this you know, nice little, well, let's look at, no, he just, well, this is what, it, okay. Um, another person is uh, the the priest that married my wife and I, which is uh, her cousin, Father Jason Borkenhagen. Uh, he has spent the last several years now studying Rome, and he is now back here. Another uh, very amazing, wonderful, um, intelligent priest. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you, you throw your fastest ball that you have at them thinking that they're just going to completely whiff. Like, this is going to go by so fast, they're not even going to see it. And then when they both smash it out of the I mean, they, they hit a home run. I'm left going, huh, well, that didn't go as planned. You know, you, it's kind of like uh, I use this metaphor. It's, it's like being in a boxing match. Uh, we're always, uh, in a, and for me, this is going to be funny to most people because I'm not a big guy. I might be a little bit taller than some people, but I'm, I'm pretty darn skinny. Um, but you, in your mind, you're always, uh, uh, you know, is it Ivan Drago mm-hmm. off of Rocky? Rocky Four. Rocky Four, yeah. <laughs> you're always Ivan. Uh, I would crush you. You know, <laughs> and, and so, you know, you, you imagine yourself in this boxing and you're like, oh, yeah, and you're coming with this haymaker, um, and then all of a sudden you wake up, and you're looking around, you've got stars, you're counting ceiling tiles going, last I remember, I was throwing, I mean, I was reaching way in my back pocket, and I was coming around hard, and I was going to connect, and then nothing (laughs) and so that for me was one of the big waking up moments is to understand that there is actual truth there is there are actual teachings not just some old guy running this institution that's like well let's see how much we can milk these people you start realizing that and you go well if i was wrong here was i wrong anywhere else so and then i'm going to defer to josh before i take too much time well, it, it's way better for me to go first than to follow Cody. Yeah, I'm just, just going to say that. Um, you know, he talks about selfishness. I am an only child, so I, I naturally possess a high level of selfishness. I, I think I came out of the womb with more confidence than what most communities even have. Um, so th- there's an arrogance to me. But we, we start this RCIA process, wh- which I can't say enough about. I left everything behind. I, I was committed. So I I went in, this is what I'm driven to do. I'm open, I'm committed, I want to understand, I want to learn. It's not about controversy or challenge, any type of a challenge to me. I'm going to accept 
We started off RCIA by going through what I call a series of faith stories. And while I thought I had left everything behind, guilt begins to manifest. And it manifests in a way, so our RCIA process, my wife is a cradle Catholic. And like on my cousin Vinny, when Marissa Tomei is explaining why she has a background or has knowledge in auto mechanics, you know, the, the, the litany of her, her lineage there, my wife is a fawn and steel from Munger. Um, they, you know, her uncle's a priest. You know, everybody over there is Catholic. Well, I, I never felt like I prevented her from doing anything. She has a, she has a wonderfully powerful faith. But as I go through this, this series of faith stories, I realize... Oh, wow. Watching these couples talk, watching them look at each other, hearing their stories. And actually, I realize by not choosing to be on that journey at an earlier point in my life, I had stripped her. I had taken a part that we should have been sharing together, and I had removed that from her. Now, I will tell you, never once did she ever pressure me. Did she ever make me feel lesser? There was never a negative from her about, hey, you know, today, you know, you're going to become think about becoming a Catholic. No, there was never any pressure. She knew that it was something that I would have had to come to of my own volition. But that guilt, that was something that I had to overcome because it starts to cloud. It starts to interrupt your your wholesome consumption of what's being given to you and when it starts to get replaced by those lesser feelings of wow I hurt her I hurt our family it, it took me it took me a little bit of time to to get back and say there is nothing I can do and she actually helped me with that she goes it doesn't matter you're starting now now we go forward and now we go forward together so that was one of the things that I had to truly overcome again my arrogance everything that happened up to that point it, it's behind me. Here's where I'm going. I was not prepared for that, and, and I had to I had to overcome that personally, to um, to continue that journey. Pure. Holy oh, cow! That yeah. is moving. It's like what Josh was talking about earlier. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's an odd thing to say. Okay, I have to let go, so that he can actually work in my life. That. It's so difficult and contrary to what we think when you said, no, I got this. I got this. Uh, especially as guys, God kind of made us naturally as fixers. We see a problem. We go, okay, what is the step that leads me to the solution? A plus B equals C. Boom, bang, boom. There we go. When we run into a problem that we can't fix, that grinds at our soul. So for the, the stubbornness part of us is, I think, part of that, that uh, we have to be willing to sit back and go, all right, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's just, uh, you know, it, it's, it's learning to uh, use, use how God created us in a good way and then also not be so stubborn to say, nah, I'm good on my own. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. Whether you're listening via radio, computer, phone app, or Amazon Echo, we'll be right back with more about Conversations into Catholicism with Cody Marincer and Josh Waddell. One body, one body, stewarding God's creation. We're back 
on one body stewarding God's creation. Conversations into Catholicism. With Cody Marinzer and Josh Waddell. One body, stewarding God's creation. George Toman conducts the interview. What ramifications do coming into the church have on your family? Josh, I'll go with you first. Amazing. It, it has been absolutely amazing. I, I did. I mean, I, w- I would lead prayer at supper time as we sat down at the table. I would remind the, the kids to to say their prayers, and that was about the extent of my my spiritual leadership. And there there's some there's some nasty stats out there that show, you know, when when the father chooses not to be the spiritual leader in the household, children. Your, your progeny rarely find themselves in the church as adults. As you know, my, my wife read through some of these to me. This, this, this almost sounds too good to be true, and it, it is what it is. This, this is my story, this is, this is my position. Um, there has been, over the process of the last eight months, a significant, nearly overnight change. And I am embracing spiritual leadership. I am there, there are values and traits that I am now seeing that are, that are flourished, that are, that are coming to the surface so much more prevalent, so much more common. And uh, the areas for improvement, while they are still there, and they are, they're tenfold, um, I am seeing the, the flare-ups of those instances being replaced daily by the, the positive aspects that I would love to to hopefully continue and and build upon. So there has not been anything that I can say is even remotely negative or challenging. Everything has been 100% positive as it pertains to me being a father, the relationship with my children, and I can visibly and emotionally feel the impact that it is having on my children. That's beautiful, I, I'm very, very thankful, <laughs> very thankful. That's beautiful. So I mentioned at the at the top of the hour that three members of my family came into the church. Josh's uh, two of his children came with him, um, and, and uh, so I imagine that um, it probably wasn't. By God, you're coming with me. <laughs> the way that I know Josh, I can imagine that you probably said you need to make this decision. Is that correct? Yeah, it was. It was. It was for them to decide. So, you know, for me. I became Catholic uh, after Karen and I got married, but I think it was also thinking about children was one of those big, one of those big things that uh, you shouldn't obviously take lightly. And I was thinking about that through this process of questioning the Catholic Church, you know, questioning where Jesus is uh, trying to lead me as to what do I want my kids to grow up with? I looked at the worldview once again that I was living and went... No way do I ever want my kids to follow that path. I'm not sure what path I want them to follow, but I know it's not that one. So the, the ramifications, the consequences that come from me joining the church are, are absolutely everything. It, you cannot, uh, at least you should not, you should not live the same way the day before you become a child in Christ and the day after. 
if you do, then you did not treat that process properly. Because if what you're saying is Christ has now become the love of my life, not that, not that your wife or your husband um, shouldn't uh, also be the love of your life, um, or that you should, not saying that you should take anything away from your children, but above everything, as Christ is the only one that can fulfill us completely, right? Like our, our spouses can fulfill us in the role as their spouse. Our children can fulfill us in the role as uh, they're our children. We can fulfill our children in the role that um, we are uh, the, the father, uh, the spiritual head of our household and things like that. But God is the only one that, as we've talked, can fill that deepest longing within the recesses of our soul. And so if you can uh, come to the understanding of that and then say, I must follow him. That changes absolutely everything. There is nothing that should be the same after that. When I get up in the morning and I see the sunrise, it should change. When I look at my children in the eyes, it should change. Uh, when I bless them at night, it shouldn't be an empty gesture. It should be as the father of you, I'm calling upon the divine fatherhood of God to come down and be upon you as you sleep this night and as you go through the next day. Why should that, why should that be a simple thing? It shouldn't. And so for me, yeah, it is very much, how do I want my children to walk? Where do I want them? I want to give them the spiritual nourishment that they need, that by the time they leave my house and they're using their free will, I've given them everything I can, and I have hopefully shown them this is the way that I know best to go. Don't follow the way that I lived before, but listen to your Father, listen to your Savior, and follow Him. Go. Do you have anything else for our listening audience before we go on our separate ways here? I do. I would like to thank the, the Catholic Church for providing uh, the RCIA program. Um, not only has it been an, an amazing experience and coming down and kind of wrapping up the last couple last couple sessions here, but you know we, we talk about coming into a family. Um, this has also been my wife attends the RCIA, uh, my sister-in-law, my my mother-in-law. You know all cradle Catholics. I've got my cousin there, um, two of my children. Um, it has been an overwhelming profound experience that I cannot speak highly enough. And it makes it sound like I have one child that chose not to do this. That's not, that's not the situation. Um, he's the oldest. He, he's, a, he's a young man towing his own line now in this world, so he has moved away from the area. So I do feel remorse for leaving a soldier out because I know what his choice would have been, but circumstances are what they are. But um, now he's got his own path to, to carve, and we'll see where that leads him. But to the RCIA team and to the process, thank you very much. Cody, anything for this audience? Thank you, George. I appreciate it. Uh, God bless uh, everybody out there. Uh, you know, pray for those uh, who are discerning. You bet. Cody and Josh, this is wonderful. Again, thank you so much. We'll have to go, but God bless you again. Welcome welcome home to the church, Josh. Thank and, you. Uh, again, we're not a perfect family, but... We do have a beautiful, loving father. We are good. So thank you, gentlemen, so much. Thanks for tuning in to this week's One Body Stewarding God's Creation Show. If you are a business or service that can help underwrite this show, please call 785-621-4110. You'll receive a 30-second spot that will run three times during the show, and the show runs at various times five times a week. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 105.7 KMDG Hayes, 
101.7 KJDM Lindsberg Salina, 88.1 KRTT Great Band, and 88.1 KVDM Hayes. If today you hear his voice, pardon not your hearts. One body, stewarding God's creation.